But then he says something really weird. He says, and if you want to be my friend, do what I command. You ever had a friend that? You ever had a friend come up to you and say, hey, hey, you know, I consider you a friend. And if you want to be my friend, just obey what I command you to do. You probably aren't going to be your friend for very long. But Jesus here says, this is how you show that you're my friend, by doing what I command, obeying me. Interesting. I can think of two reasons, maybe. One, did you know there are people out there who, when you say, I suggest you do something, that automatically kicks them into the mindset of being able to do it better? I didn't know there were people like this until a few years back. I was, I was driving in my car with somebody, I won't say who, and, and they were driving, and I noticed the speed limit sign. It said, like, I don't know, 15 miles an hour. It was yellow. And I, and I turned to this person. I said, hey, you know you're speeding, right? And she, I won't say who, <laughs> said, no, I'm not speeding. I said, the sign says 15 miles an hour. She says, those are just suggestions. I said, those aren't suggestions. Those are posted speed limits. She said, no, no. I already had this conversation with my parents. I called the DOT and asked. They're suggestions. And I can do it better. Now, see, me, I see a posted sign. It's a suggestion for my welfare and the other people around me, right? So I follow the suggestion. But there are people out there who, when you suggest something, they say, oh, I can do it better. So imagine if Jesus came being our friend, and says, you know what? I think it would be a really good idea if you love people. I highly suggest you go out there and love people. Right now, there are people in this group thinking, yeah, that would be me. I would say I can find a better way to do it. So he puts weight on this love thing, not because he's trying to be that friend, but because he's our friend, and he's saying, this is the most important thing to be about in the kingdom. It's love. And so if you're going to be my friend, you're going to obey what I command. The second reason why is because when you're my friend, when you're with me, when you're abiding with me, when you're in my presence, you are receiving my love. And if you are receiving my love, you have something to offer others because we're his friend. So if you're my friends, do what I command. Love, love is the currency of relationships. That's tweetable right there. Do people still use Twitter? I don't know, do they? Instagram, find, go out there and find a picture of like a dollar bill and, and paste a little heart in the middle there and go out there and post it on Instagram. Say, love is the currency of relationships. You've heard me say it before. I say it again. It's all about relationships. And if you want the relationships to come back, if you want the relationships to do what we're going for here, which is abiding fruit, there is only one thing you can invest in for that, and it's love. I've been dealing a lot with investments lately. I'm really trying to learn this whole investment thing. But at its core, investment is this. You've got money, and you're trying to take that money and make it do something, bring back a return. So if you want a return in the kingdom, it requires love. 
sacrificial love. We receive love from Christ when we're his friends. That's the capital that he's investing in. And then he commands us to go out and invest it in others. Jesus said in this passage, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. Have you ever put that to the test? You pray, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, in Jesus' name, right? Anything you ask in Jesus' name, the Father's going to give it to you. A while ago, it's got to be two or three years now, our Sunday school class went through a covenants series. We, we went through every covenant of the Bible up to the New Covenant, which actually you heard a reading of the New Covenant this morning by Zach Kelly. Thank you for helping me out there, by the way. Um, and, and we looked at all the covenants. Now, a covenant is a very archaic term. It's an archaic way of relationships that God kind of grabbed a hold of and said, this is how I'm going to do this. And basically, you've got the king, and you've got a vassal, who's below the king, and the king says, hey, I'm going to offer you protection and substance. I'm going to take care of you, but in return, you need to be obedient to me. You need to serve me. You need to offer money to me. You need to give to the kingdom. So there's this relationship going on, and there's usually a ceremony that solidifies the relationship. There's blessings and curses that come by obeying the relationship or not obeying the relationship, but basically, this is how all covenants are established. And then you get to the new covenant, and you get to Christ, and what we found out in our Sunday school class, that Christ not only fulfilled the new covenant, Christ fulfilled every single covenant in the Bible. And he just didn't fulfill the covenant. What he fulfilled, which was each and every element of the covenant. Christ fulfilled the king because he is God. Christ fulfilled the vassal because he is man. Christ fulfilled the ceremony because of his death on the cross. Christ is our blessing, and when we turn away, he becomes our curse because he becomes the one who judges us. Christ doesn't just fulfill all the elements of the relationship of covenant. Christ is the relationship, and that's what you need to grab a hold of. Christ is the relationship. So when he says, if you do anything in my name, what that becomes is if you do anything in relationship with God, it's going to be given to you. Think about that. Instead of asking for this thing, we say, God, I'm going to do this endeavor with you. That means in order for this to succeed, you got to be there and bring everything you are. And in order for this to succeed, I got everything I am. And together, we're going to see what happens. If you ask anything in my name, it will be given to you. What you will receive is a relational interaction between you and God. It will happen. It's a given. Jesus says, I'm giving you a command, love. And if you do that, and you ask anything in my name, what happens is this what we call abiding fruit. Abiding fruit. What, what is abiding fruit? There's a song that my mom used to play. It's an old Ray Bolt song. Anybody remember Ray Bolts? Remember Ray Bolts? Yeah. yeah. It's an old Ray Bolt song. And it's still sti stuck with me. I, I was thinking about it. 
Um, anyways, this song explains abiding fruit better than I ever can. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the last verse of the song. The song is called Thank You. And in this song, uh, basically there's this person, ordinary person, living an ordinary life, doing ordinary things, but making little investments along the way. And they get to heaven, and they start meeting these people that they invested in. So this is the last verse of this song here. It says, One by one they came, as far as the eye could see, each one somehow touched by your generosity, little things that you had done, sacrifices made, unnoticed on the earth, heaven now proclaims. And I know up in heaven that you're not supposed to cry. This is where the music gets real soft now, and his voice gets real soft. But I was almost sure there were tears in your eyes as Jesus took your hand and you stood before the Lord and he said, and now the music starts to rise, and he said, child, look around. And now his voice gets real prominent. For great is your reward. It's all about relationship. Love is the currency of relationships. And what happens with that is the abiding fruit. And there is opportunity for us to enjoy that fruit in heaven forever. So if life, if the meaning of life is as simple as loving people, why don't we do it more? Right? I mean, I bet most of you are agreeing with everything I say here. And yet, it's a struggle, right? It's hard. Why is it so hard to love? We believe Jesus. We believe what he says. We believe he's the truth. We believe he's the life. He says love. If you're my friends, obey me, love others. Should be that simple, right? I want to bring you to the Via Della Rosa. You guys know what that is? Some of you? Via Della Rosa. It is the road that Jesus walked up to the crucifixion. And he carried the cross. And that cross was heavy, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally, because that cross was every one of our burdens, every one of our sins, every one of our fears, every one of our struggles, Jesus carried on his back up to the crucifixion. In fact, it was so heavy, it crushed him. He fell to the ground. But I don't believe the heaviness of that cross is the only reason he fell. I think the days prior to that were a large part of this. Because prior to that, he received the beatings. He received the lashes. He received the curses, the mockery, the crown of thorns, the spitting in the face, the, the improper um, judicial system. He received all that, was dealing with all that, and then he prayed to God to remove this from his life, and God didn't do it. And now he's got the burdens of the world put on his shoulder. Why don't we love? Because we have enough to deal with on our own. I've got a history of beatings, of bruises, of lashes, of difficulties, of people mocking me. I've got scars, I've got wounds, and you know what? I can't deal with that. I'm praying to God to take these things from me because I can't deal with them. And now you want me to go and carry someone else's burden? Jesus did that 
and it killed him. And I think that's what we're afraid of. I have enough to deal with on my own that if I carry someone else's burden, it's probably going to kill me. It's probably going to crush me. And you know what? It might. That's the ugly truth. I wish I could pull the punch and say, don't worry, God's going to give you wings and you're going to fly up there and it's going to be all good. But you know what? It killed Jesus. And we're, he's the one we're following. And we're not the master. So if it killed Jesus, you're looking forward to some suffering. Love is the currency of relationships. Relationships is what the kingdom is all about. But when we get caught up in ourselves, it's very hard to love people. We are such a risk-averse society. We do everything we can to avoid risk. And I'm not talking just Western culture. I mean the Christian culture, too. We use every form we can find, including the Bible, to keep risk away. We do everything we can to keep those risks at arm's distance. And it becomes a struggle when Jesus says love because love means entering into the risk. Love means moving to a place with an average of 216 inches of snow a year. I remember a very young kid at church when I was young. There was a guy that came and preached. He preached on a healing service. I don't remember his name, but I remember the cover of the book he wrote. And just kind of like an angled way, the word said, how to touch a leper. I don't remember all the contents of that book. But this man intentionally went to leprous colonies to lay hands on them and pray for them. It's probably the only human touch they have felt in years. Do you think maybe they were open to the gospel? Do you think maybe he's going to have some abiding fruit? We are so risk-averse. We are so scared of making the wrong decision or getting sick or losing some money or saying something wrong to somebody in a relationship that we keep ourselves at arm's distance and we don't know how to love. We believe what Jesus says. We want to do it, but we don't know how. Jesus says you are salt, but if the salt loses the saltiness, it's going to be thrown out and trampled. Jesus says you are light, but we get in the habit of hiding our light under a bushel. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. But you know what? The cross is heavy. The road is uphill. The ground is hot. And quite frankly, I got enough to deal with on my own. That cross is going to kill me. That's not the end of the story. You know where Jesus is now? He's at the right hand of the Father, experiencing his glory as King of kings and Lord of lords over everything. And what he promises is that you can be heir with him of that kingdom, eating on this abiding fruit forever, experiencing the glory of these relationships forever. 
if you're willing to take up your cross and follow him, if you're willing to be a disciple of his, there is, in my opinion, no greater promise to live by, no greater hope that is why we are here. Love costs us our life. But that is the life of meaning. Father God, we thank you that you've not only laid out a path for us, but you walked that path. You've been there, you've done that, and you probably got the t-shirt too. And you've overcome. You didn't avoid it. You didn't walk around the risk. You didn't you didn't use some magical godlike powers to keep yourself at a distance from the risk. You entered into the risk of my life at the cost of your life. And you overcame. My prayer today is that we would feel the weight of that. The weight of risking our lives for the sake of somebody else's life, knowing that we, in you, are going to be overcomers. What would a church look like who is devoted to sacrificial love to one another? What would a city look like? What would a world look like when everyone is sacrificing themselves for others? Father, I, I pray that you would change our hearts, that you would make us more like you. And that's a scary thing to ask because potentially that cross is going to crush us. But there is no other way to live. There's no other way to live. If meaning is what we want, purpose is what we desire, satisfaction is what we crave, there's no other way to live. So God, by the work of your Holy Spirit, change us, form us, make us like that. In Jesus' name, amen.